going to make this quick. Famous last words. Yes, the Olympics, uh, Elma's already mentioned. I don't know what the highlights were for you. I grew up in an athletics home um, where my mother ran on the same relay team as Mary Peters, and she would like me to repeat that for you. Um, uh, in the early days, my dad just missed uh, the Commonwealth Games team by uh, an inch in the high jump in 1958 and had to then pay to go and watch. Uh, and by 1970, as a seven-year-old, eight-year-old rather, uh, eight-year-old, 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 um, I was at the Commonwealth Games and remember almost every race. can tell you who won the 10,000 metres, Lackey Stewart, can tell you who won the pentathlon, Mary Peters. And I was amazed when before she ran on the final of the 100 metres hurdles, she looked up and waved at my mum, proving that she'd run on the same relay team as my mother. <laughs> but I haven't watched the Olympics for many years. And uh, we were in Spain and uh, we watched the opening ceremony, which I was watching to be embarrassed at how bad it was going to be in the light of what uh, Beijing did. And then thought, wow. Um, and then we kind of started watching. Now, I would always watch the athletics, but I never watched the swimming. But this Lithuanian 15-year-old won a gold medal, and she, she trained in Plymouth. And they all wanted to make her British. And I thought, how rude is that to Lithuania, actually? And then the first rowing gold, and then the second rowing gold, and then Catherine Granger, and three silvers and a gold. And suddenly... You're gripped with these games and the BBC are doing it well. It was quite a summer. And I'm not sure what your highlight might have been. There are many highlights that Saturday night of three athletics golds and what half an hour. Just incredible. But all the time I'm listening to interviews and I'm watching people and I'm seeing so many things that spoke to me of the faith and of church life, and of the scriptures. Steve Redgrave, what a pastor that man would make. The father figure, picking them out of boats and being more interested in walking them to the medal ceremony than he is to do his interview in the BBC. All of them coming off on what they said in their interviews. And it drew me back to this passage in Corinthians and various other passages because as I started then to look at the Corinthians passage and started to think, Paul knew a bit about athletics. I realized that Jesus didn't. Jesus' illustrations were all about agriculture and building. But Paul was much more influenced by that which links us, biblical believers, and the Olympic Games, the Greek culture. The Romans had taken over the world, but the Greeks were still very influential and sport was a massive thing in Bible times and Paul uses it um, in Timothy, Galatians, Philippians, the writer of the Hebrews, if that is Paul. There's illustrations here of running and fighting and not that kind of fighting, but a more Olympic type boxing. You can go and look, I was going to read them, but the time is, so go away and read through your letters this afternoon and see where all these references that Paul uses are, and we'll come back to the one in 1 Corinthians 9. The amazing thing is these people got medals, was just how much they had put in to getting this medal, whether it was bronze or silver or gold. And like Rebecca Adlington, I realized for the first time 
since I was uh, eight, because when I was eight, Northern Ireland won the pole vault, the pentathlon, uh, the 100 metres hurdles. I know it was only Mary Peters and Mike Bull, but I just thought Northern Ireland always won gold medals. It was just why I grew up. So silvers and bronzes. But I realised the importance of those silver and bronzes, even fourth and even fifth, and even just being an Olympian. Gladys Ganiel, who comes here many Sunday evenings, works in the Irish School of Ecumenics as a lecturer, missed being in the Irish marathon team by three minutes. What I would have given to have seen Gladys just getting into that marathon and finishing wherever. And of course, I'm looking out at some Belfast students. Cool reinst three medals. Methody? Belfast Inst? Belfast Rowing Club? Where are you? Anyway, wasn't it the brothers who came off after getting their silver and just went, that was brutal. And there had to be a kind of a, phenon- a, phon- a phonetic kind of working out of what he said before it was translated then. They'd given so much to get this medal. And Paul says, it's a medal, yes, they'll have with them, but who won the gold in the whatever race, whenever? Gold post boxes around their neighborhood the day after, photographs and stamps, but in 30 years, some of these medal winners might not even be remembered by us. Paul's saying, the faith, the pilgrimage, is just like these athletes. It's leaving it out on the water, on the track, in our lives. It's making sure that we give, as we've just given an offering, our lives to the Lord of the star fields in such a way that we will be at the peak of our spiritual lives. Run in such a way that wins the prize. Don't beat the air aimlessly. Be focused in your spiritual journey in this way. And the other thing is we speak in community about that that really struck me about these Olympics. I don't know whether you noticed it, but my friend uh, Dave Quinney me mentioned it to me in Bally Castle and I'd noticed it as well. How many of these athletes, now maybe it was because we only got one like four uh, Olympics ago, so 29 was a wee bit of a, you know. Um, maybe it was because of that that you got this constant bombardment of, I'd like to think, they'd got the medal, the medal was round their neck. But was it, was it Gia Jones in the Taekwondo? When did I ever watch Taekwondo? When she came off and she'd won her gold medal and she, she wanted the coach to get a medal as well because she couldn't have done it without her coach and she was aware that it wasn't her, that it was her coach and it's my parents and it's my school and it's my, uh, the taekwondo club at home that allowed me to do it for the first time and it's the lottery. Yes, the lottery. That's where poor people invest stocks and shares as opposed to us who gamble on the stock market. The lottery that funded 29 gold medals. They thanked all these people that put in place their chance to be at the peak of their sport. Next week we're going to start a series about who we are as a church by going through Eugene Peterson's uh, Practice Resurrection. 
the book of Ephesians, his commentary on it. And it starts with that. About a, it's about a church. It's about a community that's growing to be who we are, where we are. Janet gave me a little book over the summer by the London uh, Institute of Contemporary Christianity. It's a tiny little booklet that was just writing down all that I thought in a kind of mixed up way in my head for a number of years. How were particles of light over the city? Do you remember that from a couple of years ago? And we're in architect's offices and we're physios and, and, and we're in school and, and we're in colleges and we're in legal places and we're running the Red Cross and we're doing all these things. And if this booklet says that's where our mission is. It's not putting a week of rallies on and fish and Fitzroy, even though we might do that sometime. But real mission today, they are saying, is being who you are in your vocational role, where you are every day. How clearly did that come out? When Ireland got their gold medal. Now I coined a phrase I think over the course of the games on Facebook. Because people are quoting me now and I have to do an article probably on it. Called we are the Venn diagram. The Venn diagram between the UK and Ireland. I feel British and I feel Irish. Some were saying they felt more British as a result of these Olympics than they have for a while. And we could even cheer for Britain for the first time in a long time. Because we weren't as embarrassed with that Union Jack as sometimes we are when parades happen like yesterday. Um, we, we felt British and I feel British and I feel Irish and being in the Venn diagram we get 30 gold medals Ireland get one the UK get 29 and we got 30 <laughs> if you're not sectarian we got 30 and Katie Taylor the week before Katie Taylor's gold medal I'm reading how the Republic of Ireland is the fastest The population who are losing religion the fastest, 20% in five or ten years, have said they're no longer religious. And suddenly they get Katie Taylor as their gold medal hero. Thank you, Jesus. I read Psalm 18 before every fight. If it wasn't for the Lord, I wouldn't be here. And the headlines in the Sunday Independent right down to the Sunday World were quoting Psalm 18. They were putting them in print. They were uh, interviewing Sean Malarkey, who at the time was trying to minister to some of our families in an Avoca family camp. And suddenly, Ireland have a hero talking about God when they're losing religion faster than any other nation in Europe. Is God's sense of timing and humor not fantastic? Heard a great story. It was in the Irish Times where... Uh, uh, man and daughter are in Tesco's or the equivalent down there and they do have Tesco's but it used to be Super Quinn in my day and he says to his daughter no you're not having that put it back on the shelf Katie Taylor wouldn't eat that and that's the sign of what a hero does to a nation we don't, God doesn't need celebrity God's alright without celebrity but heroes and good heroes So the Sunday Independent, the Irish Sunday Independent, talked about Katie Taylor, family values, simple faith, could save Ireland. John Waters, great article last week in the paper, where he said it didn't even cross her mind that talking about Jesus was strange because it's so much a part of who she is. What did Katie say herself about her gold medal? She said this, if I can find it in these notes that are now absolutely meaningless in every other way. She said, I believe the talent, ability, and motivation I've been given is truly a gift from God. 
I am very humbled and feel so blessed for the life the Lord has given me. I am very thankful for the gifts and talents given to me. I do not take the gifts for granted, but rather hone those gifts and abilities through diligent training twice a day, six times a week. My preparation and performance is my act of worship. Whoa! Romans chapter 12. If we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, that is our act of worship. Her boxing is an act of worship. Now John rightfully said, should a Christian be boxing? You know, with the turn the other cheek stuff and all that. And I said that really Katie's aim was that she wouldn't get hit in any cheek. So she wouldn't have to turn the other one. That would make her win. If she had to turn the cheek too many times, she would lose. But here's a girl who can take this kind of strange vocation for a Christian. In some ways, because there's lots of boxers down through the years, had a really strong Christian faith. But she sees that her gifts are God-given, and she's going to hone them for God and give them back. Now, if Katie Taylor can do that in boxing, how much easier it might be as a teacher, or as a QC, or as an architect, or a doctor, or a lecturer, or a minister, or a father or mother, or a brother or sister, or a member of a congregation. What we want to do over this winter season is ask ourselves how we all, because it is not one person winning the gold, how we all can support and resource, encourage and be God's resources for honing and shaping so that wherever we go on Monday morning, wherever we are for most of our week, whatever it is we're doing in our ordinary lives, will be an offering to God which is our act of worship. So our pastoral care, our worship, our sense of mission will be about trying to be in our lives what a boxing gold was in Katie Taylor's life. It'll not be a headline in the paper, possibly. Maybe it will. But it will affect the people that we spend Monday to Saturday with. Seb Coe, how did he finish the games last Sunday night? Heather McCauley was speaking to us and she uh, used Seb Coe's final. She was talking about Ephesians, Esther, made for a time such as this. Seb Coe finished the games in London with these words. When our time came, Britain, we did it right. Thank you. I said, and on the fits, not on the fritz, on the fits this week. We are a particular bunch of foibles and quirks. I'm looking at you as, boy, you are. Boy, I am. Boy, we are. In a particular part of this city, for a particular time. And when I leave you, and you carry on what the ministers before me created, I want to be able to say, when our time came, Fitzroy, we did it right. We did it right in our places of work. We did it right in our streets and avenues. We did it right in our families. We did it right in the Holy Lands. We did it right in Botanic Avenue. We did it right in the city centre. And we did it right at the edge of a, Christ, or a secular university. Fitzroy, we did it right. Thank you. But if we're going to do it right then we've got to run like we want to make a prize. We've got to thank God for who we are, find out who we are, and then give it back to God 
which is our spiritual act of worship. Are you up for it? I am up for it. When Jonathan and I meet on Tuesday and we put together this series in Ephesians from now to Christmas, will you commit? Because what we need to be able to do what we do in the morning, our ministers and assistant ministers and staff and elders and committee and house group leaders and the person that sits beside us in the pew and the person that prays for us and the prayer ministry team and every other person that's involved in this congregation need to give their part so that each of us can be the gold medal kind of person that we aim to be from First Corinthians 9. You might be saying, as somebody said to me a while ago, I wish it was 20 years younger. You can be a contributor no matter what age you are. And we need you all because I want to be able to say, when our time came, and it's now, Fitzroy, we did it right. Not for our glory or our honor. But so that we can bring God's kingdom and draw people to that kingdom right across this city and this world. If you're up for it, see you next Sunday, 11 o'clock. Let's pray. Lord, the inspiration of the Olympics has gone across our two nations. Even at Hunter House on Friday morning, the teachers were talking about the Olympics and the inspiration for education. Lord, Paul used these illustrations to inspire us. And we pray that this summer, if we've been involved in these games, or whether it's Bradley Wiggins or Rory McIlroy or whatever it is, that we would be inspired to run for a prize. Not beating the air aimlessly. Make us a team, Lord. Help us to depend on each other. Help us to get the benefits from each other's gifts. Lord, our time has come and you've called us here for now. May we be up to it. Help us in our frailty, in our doubts, in our sinfulness, in our apathy, in our complacency. Help us in our weakness to yield ourselves to your strength that we might run as those getting a prize that lasts forever. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.